0: Hello and welcome to the Wing Travel podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people on my travels that I want to bring them on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting this and I'll see you soon. Cheers, James. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5 or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic where there's plenty of merch available to buy such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies and also some children's clothing thirdly, which is free. You can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for travelling, podcasts and other stuff. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Friday Series Episode 2. And this week, I'm going to give some reaction to B's episode on Monday, which was the uh, flight attendant podcast episode. And also, I'm going to talk some stuff about my planning of my trip to Mexico, what I go through, what I look for, how I go about it. And also, we'll finish off with some more facts and stuff about me and some of my favourite things and not so favourite things with travel. So B, thanks for coming on. Really interesting to hear the side of the flight attendant on the pre and post boarding and during the flight as well and she had some grievances that were agreeable with mine and what I was thinking as well so that's great to hear and yeah some of the habits that were annoying to both of us were pretty much the same ones like queuing before the zone numbers even been announced and also going to the toilet as soon as you get on the plane and stuff like that great to hear I'd encourage you to listen to the episode just to get a better feel of what it feels like to be a flight attendant and what they have to go through some really weird information about how they're paid. I know not all airlines are the same. But yeah, that was quite confusing with the pre-boarding pay and also on-flight pay. It's quite hard to get head around. And yeah, I do think it's worth it though with the free airline tickets that they get. Not only with their own airline, but also in the agreement with all the other airlines. So essentially, you'd always get free travel. And I think you can always work it to have your shifts in one month or at the start. So you have the second half of the month off and then have the first half of the next month off. Uh, and then do rest of your shifts in the second half of that month and get like a good chunk of time, which is paid, but is also not taking as holiday. So you can save, work that really smartly into doing some trips around the world. And with free flights, I mean, fill your boots. So yeah, if you're looking to be a flight attendant, that's a real good insight into what it's like. I think it sounds an ideal career choice. And I even think, I even think even my age in the early thirties, I think that's a good career choice as well. And as you know, with the current climate with, cancel flights and not enough staff i think it'd be a good time to maybe get in there if you're thinking about it so uh, i know that t from the court case podcast um she came on to do an interview last week uh, which is not released yet it will be released in a few weeks time and she's just qualified to be a flight attendant and she just started working that and she's loving it so i do encourage you to go and apply and also you can reach out to be via instagram the flight attendant podcast and Twitter as well, you can message them and ask any questions, you can also check out their own podcast, they do talk about what a lifestyle is like with that job, so yeah, get, get stuck in, go and check out these podcasts, it's really good, I learned a lot of things in there, which was the basis of my notes for our episode, and I really enjoyed recording with it, it was like a really strange one, I had a hundred questions, bam, there's the first one, answered, right, next one, and I had a lot of questions from the audience, which is great, from social media and from people just messaging in, so That really helped the podcast as well and I felt like we all learned something together there. And not just me doing a bit of research so that was brilliant as well. Any questions coming up for future episodes you can get in contact and ask a question. I'll let you know in good time what I do have coming up. The cheekiest question I had was from a friend Adam who asked about the Mile High Club. I went there. I felt it was the right sort of vibe in the podcast and be absolutely answered it and it's a real tough fine i mean if you, if you plan on do it on a commercial airline bloody hell you're going to get fined to, to shit really so just bear in mind that pilots do offer it for 30 minutes up in the uh, in their own airplane or chartered airplane so it is possible if you've got the got the bunces to bang out for it so it is an option if you have to do that and yeah so i want to finally say brilliant episode love that check it out you'll love it even more okay next travel update for me is i'm trying to plan a trip to mexico now I can't decide when to go. It's either October at the start, the first week, or December, and I'll tag it on with my time off for Christmas and New Year's. October would be hurricane season, and I'm really leaning away from that at the minute. And the prices of the flights are actually the same for December, and December is brilliant to go into. I think I think it's just going to be nice weather, not too cold. i will be further down south of Mexico, and I think it would work well with just getting across from there to London for... Christmas and New Year's, so I'm really thinking of tag it on to December. I'd technically get more days off then, so it could work really well. So I'm currently trying to plan that trip as we speak. Now my sort of go-to and my tried and tested method of booking a trip like this, and this is what I would call a holiday, it's not real travel, it's just like popping off to somewhere for seven, eight days. The first thing I do is to see how expensive the flights are. Now bloody hell, Vancouver is just expensive to stay in and expensive to get out of it. I think I will do a Friday episode on Vancouver, the good and the bad bits, because they're equal in good measure. But you just can't get to anywhere for good value unless you're probably going to the USA or maybe Europe, like France or UK. They're not too bad value for that. But it costs more one way to go to Mexico, which is down the bloody road, than it does to go to London, which is 10 hours away. Really annoying. And I'm looking at roughly at the minute, if I was to go to Mexico and return back here, it would be $1,000 for the flights. Uh, Canadian dollars, that is. And with Christmas time, I think it would be different. And it would be slightly cheaper because in October I'd be paying for going there and back. And then obviously going away back home to Christmas for there and back as well. So it's four flights, right? But if I do Mexico, it would be three flights. To Mexico, to London, and back again to Vancouver. So I do save $500 on the flight. That's what I'm thinking. And the idea for this trip is uh, I don't want to do too much in terms of different places. I want to kind of specify... Probably two places, and I'm going to go with Mexico City and Oaxaca. I think they're pretty close to each other. They're, they're an hour of flight in between internal as well, real cheap. So that's definitely an option. And I think there's so much to see and do in those two places that I will base myself in those places, and I will podcast that as we go. So I plan to see a few things. I'm not I don't want to plan too much, but. I do want to check out the Teotihuacan. Probably pronounced that wrong. Some ruins there next next to Mexico City. about 30 minutes from there. Chapultepec Castle as well is a pretty classic one in Mexico City. And I want to check out some markets and street foods in Mercado de la Merced. I think that's a pretty decent one as well. It's huge apparently. So all for the street food, all for the local food and local customs. And in Oaxaca, uh, there could be potential to go and see some Pacific Ocean. So there's potential to go to the coast. And... Probably will get a few days of sun in, But the Oaxaca City itself, I want to go and check it out. Because it's one of those old school colonial cities where it's like colourful buildings. It's got like a huge mountain in the backdrop. And there's some a few things I want to see there. So um, the Socalo, which is the mi- middle place of the town. Also Monte Alba as well. So I want to go and check out some local empanadas and food. I'll come to food in a minute. And I would be probably staying in hostels. Now hostels in Mexico City, real cheap. You can get a dorm room for 10 $11. US but in Iwaka you're paying probably 20 to 30 so it does go up double the price but I've got a few hostels I've got lined up Iwaka I think by the looks of it there's a few but the one that everyone raves about is the Casa Angel hostel and I think I will be staying there because they do free walking tours they do even some tours out to other places they do like yoga and dance classes and this sort of stuff as well free breakfast as well and I think that'd be a good place to base yourself and I will be solo so it'd be good probably to meet some people there if possible Mexico City, there's a heap and I've kind of got a few in my mind. I probably will go private room actually on, on reflection, I think, just because it can get a bit busy. But I might go the Maciere El Hostel or the Hero CDMX in central Mexico City. They're both pretty central, close to all the markets and stuff you want to see. So that's kind of where I'm thinking for Mexico City and Oaxaca. If you've got any recommendations or places to say or things to go and see and do, please get in contact and message me on Instagram, Twitter or email. Um, you can even write in on my website. There's a contact form there too, which is jameshammond.org. Mexico's is obviously known for its food. So I want to try out some tamales, mole and tiraudas. I don't know if I pronounce that right. And empanadas. I think they're going to be my main sources of food. Each region does their own type of those type of foods. And obviously tacos, burritos and stuff. And I want to try out Mexico City's version and workers' version. And I can't wait to go and do that. It would also be cheap. So yes, the hostels might come out a price and the airline. But local day-to-day, I don't think you'd be spending too much money if you're willing to go low-end in terms of food and street food and stuff like that. And a lot of the sort of destinations you're going to see are almost free, if not a little bit of money going. So don't anticipate spending too much during the weeks I'm there. It's just going to be the flights in and out. So that's kind of what I'm thinking of Mexico. It'll be a new country. It's my new rule. Wherever I go in October, December... If it's not Mexico, which I think it will be, but if it's not, it has to be a new country. So I'm going to go and check that out and get podcasts in for someone new. I can tell you how I think, what I see, who I meet, all that sort of stuff. hoping to get some locals to do a podcast episode. The free walking tours in each of those places might be a, a way in. So I've got that already lined up in my head. So that's Mexico for you. And finally, for me, I've got a few things here written down that you might want to know. As we're talking about food... I thought, why not tell you my five favourite dishes so far that I've experienced in the countries themselves? I'm not talking about what you get down the road in North Vancouver. I'm talking about real local. I was travelling there, we ate it, I loved it. In no particular order, I've got dal bat in Nepal. Dalbat is almost like a thali in India. Two out of three meals a day, they eat dal bat in Nepal. And I think there's something crazy that 78% of the population eats it. So it's a ridiculous amount of people who eat it. And what it comes with is Dal, obviously dal Dalbat. And also you get a couple of veggie curry dishes. You'll get a bit of roti or a bit of naan. You may even get a cheeky extra dish for um, a curry. And you get loads of rice. And you'll probably get some dessert like a gulab or something. So all you can eat traditionally. So when we are in Nepal we would eat it. And then the people who, the family who make it like joint more? It's like yeah okay. So eating so much of this twice a day. I was in my element. I just loved that dish. So dalbat is number one. Number two... I love Massaman curry. Uh, Obviously, this is Thai food now. And I had a brilliant one, actually, not in Thailand, believe it or not. I had it in Burma, next door. Acceptable. In Bagan, there's this vegetarian street with some few restaurants there and they cook the most amazing Massaman curry. I can believe it. But I ate Massaman a lot when I was in Thailand traveling around and I just love the potatoes in it. I love the sort of peanut type sauce as well. Even though I'm not great with almonds or nuts and stuff like that, I do like the peanuts in there, just kind of crushed. If they're kind of in it, I'm not a huge fan, but I had one here in Vancouver the other day. A place called Thai House, and they are run by Thai people. A restaurant called Thai House, yeah, and they had a proper massive man curry. So I love that sort of stuff. Sticking with the Thai theme, I love Thai sweet and sour. You may think it's a bit generic, but sweet and sour is different in every country. And I found, like, maybe Chinese sweet and sour is really thick. Thailand have got it just absolutely right. It's not too sweet, sour enough, and it's quite light. And I just love it. I, it, I probably had it every day when I was shoving there for... Like, I don't know, two months, whatever it was. And in total, I've been in Thailand maybe three months and probably had it every day. It'd always be my go to choice. I just love the stuff, and that can be vegetarian, sweet and sour, or even chicken if, if I feel like it. Another dish which I loved, which we tried for the first time in Malaysia, was laksa. If you've not tried laksa, get on it. It's a noodle type dish, a bit of spice in there, lots of veg, and it's just like, it's almost like a ramen type dish. So try laksa out, loved it. it. Can come with vegetarian or meat as well, but I was going go vegetarian on that. And the next one, the last one, is not really a meal or dish. It's just a snack. It's empanadas. But each country do do their own. Like I remember going to Brazil and loving their chicken empanadas. Like, oh, my God, what is that? Slightly curried, peas in it, just, like, cost, like, I don't know, 50 cents on the street. Lap it up. Argentina, probably a bit more beef-orientated. South America, and I guess Central America as well, every country would do their own type of empanada. And I've had probably, I think I traveled to five countries in South America because I had each one in each country and I loved them all. I would really recommend getting bananas in your gob. I've got a few favorite hostels that I've stayed at, some recommendations maybe. If you're going to Bangkok, I've done an episode on this, D. it's one of the early episodes last year. If you want to check out my full thoughts on that, please go to that episode. The one I stayed in is actually closed on Sinham Road. It's now in Siam Square, so check that out, D. It's a brilliant hostel. It's a great place to go if you're solo traveling and you want to meet people. There's going to be a mix of people who are maybe... Like mid twenties, and maybe not as party heavy, but are still at, you know going out and seeing stuff. and There's gonna be like 18, 19 year olds there as well who are up there for a bit of a laugh. So depending on your age, there's gonna be all types of crowd there, and it's also great for getting your laptop out and just kind of doing a bit of work if you're a digital nomad as well. They tend to have real spacious areas in the common room. So the one I stayed in had a cinema as well. So yeah, get get stuck in there. Crash pad hostel in India in Jaipur. They're a bit of a chain, uh, along with Zostel actually. Those two are brilliant hostels. They're quite new. And they starting to pop up all around India. I do follow Zostel on Instagram. So you can follow them if you want to check them out. Um, go to my following category in Instagram and see them. And they are just brilliant. They're just really well designed. New aircon, the whole lot. And they do a lot of stuff there. So yeah, that's Crashpad and Zostal in India. And I've got a random one here in Tokyo. If you want a recommendation in Tokyo... Bear in mind, it's such a big place, so many places to stay. You've got the, the four array of accommodation, hostels, hotels, pods, the whole lot. I would stay at a pod slash hostel place that we send it called Weno Station. Now, if you're a male listen to this, this is right up your street, and I'll tell you why. Because it used to be a business type of hostel, so it had great pods. And the bathroom for males is actually like it's like a sauna, it's like a, a jacuzzi day. You get a sauna, steam room, jacuzzi, shower, separate separate place to wash your hair. It's just unbelievable and people just lap it up. And I was there in there for 45 minutes just like chilling out. It's unbelievable. And it's quite cheap, this combination for, for Tokyo standards. Now, if you're a female here, they've not quite converted the same type of amenities for females. And it's just like I'm a shower and a bath. There's nothing else. Um, I think my girlfriend was wondering why I was taking 45 minutes when we were there. And I was like, well, I had a." Bit of a sauna, bit of a jacuzzi churn out, you know what I mean? That's uh, in Weno, That's U-E-N-O. That's a station in Tokyo. If you want to stay around there, real cool area. And I re- would recommend staying in that hostel. Pretty decent price, so that's a kind of recommendation. Another cheeky one is Mad Monkey Hostels in Cambodia. They're a bit of a chain. Good for meeting people. Normally have a bar. The one in Sien has a volleyball court upstairs with the bar. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. The flip side of that, the worst hostel I've ever stayed in. Thailand, Koh Phi Phi. if you go there, pretty small island, and if you don't book, there's a huge race off the boat to go and like find somewhere to stay, and the rookie area here is we didn't book, and we're also pretty stubborn with not booking like a guest house type vibe, yeah we wanted to stay in a hostel to meet people, and we're running around Koh Phi, Phi Island with our bags, and this is hot, and we got a bit fed up, with walking around, and then this French guy outside this hostel went, uh, you want a room? we like, yeah, we need um, kind of three beds, two beds. He's like, I-, I have a room. And he's like, okay. And we took one look and it was a 40 bed dorm. 40 bed. And it might even be more. I can't quite remember. There's definitely 10 bunk beds on either side. One walkway in the middle which led to the toilet which didn't work. And the shower just dribbled out cold water. But we had no choice. And we said, right, one night we're doing this and we're staying there. And the people we're travelling with declined. Like, no, we're not staying there. But me and Mike thought, oh, fuck it, we'll do it. Dump the stuff. I don't even think there's lockers so you got to kind of risk it a little bit and we had a night out and real heavy night out I got lost on that I didn't even know quite small some British diver who was working there led me back to my hostel we real, real thankful for him for that because I did get lost a little bit and when I got back it was so grim it was hot but also the aircon was right above my bed so I had it dripping on me it was cold air just flowing. I got like a chill from it. It's just absolutely grim. And it was that grim. It's the only hostel I stayed in. I think Mike might even say the same. He didn't go to extreme as this, where I felt that dirty that the clothes I wore the night before for the night out and I was wearing in bed in this hostel, I left them there on the bed. I was like, nah, I'm going to throw them away. I, I didn't even want them. I think it's like a white t shirt and some pair of shorts. Nah, left them. Don't want them. So it felt so dirty because the shower didn't work. And luckily, next morning, our friends who are Australian and Johnny, who's English, said, oh, we've got space in our guest room. Do you want to come and book in here? Um, And it was like a proper, like, tired guest house, really. So we had our own room, double bed or single bed, but like all fit in our own room, our own bathroom. It was like a bit of a godsend, really. But that night in that hostel was absolutely grim. I don't have the name. All I can tell you is it's about 40 beds in a dorm. There's a French guy sitting outside who probably just gets people to come in. It's real cheap, but it's real dirty. A real horrid. So, that's my worst dorm I've stayed in, and I wouldn't recommend staying in a forty-bed dorm because if you're a light sleeper, you've got absolutely no chance. And that's where earplugs come into handy. Anyway, there's a few things about me. A couple of new rules I- I'll finish with. I have an- a weird rule now that if I'm in any new country, I want to try hitchhiking. I done it in Spain this year. Uh, about a month ago got a hitchhike on the first day when i was supposed to be walking this french guy called ruben gave me a lift so cheers that guy so hitchhiking is a new rule i want to give that a go you meet local people podcast episode coming on monday which is from a guy who's hitchhiking in afghanistan pakistan and now africa so keep an eye out for that and one random fact is i've never done a tour as part of travel now a lot of you listening might just book tours as the only way you do you travel like you know you go to g adventures or it used to be SA Travel or what frontiers another one? How a luxury you go and you book twelve days, pay the price, and they give you an itinerary and you go. I've never done one of those, and never it's never come to my mind. But with a few plans in the future, maybe visiting to visit into places like Iran and stuff like that, where you have to have a tour, I'm gonna to have to go in Bhutan another place as well, right? So I'm probably gonna give that a go next year, hopefully, and see how it goes. I might like it, I might not. Um, I do like the freedom of not doing a tour. That's why I don't do them. I like going out and working things out and planning my own route and places to see but yeah willing to give it a go anyway there's a few things about me a few recommendations two things I don't like two things I'm not done and I'll leave you there with that episode and if you want to hear the Patreon story you can always sign up to Patreon pay monthly you've got to get more random episodes coming out I've got some in the bank actually but I'm not going to release them on the free podcast they're going to go on Patreon as exclusive only so I've got a few in the bank that are going to be released in the next coming month so if you want to get in for that you can and don't worry if you sign up today you get all the previous episodes with bonus content too so fear not you do get that as well so yeah if you want to sign up go to the link in my show notes for this podcast episode or if you're on social media i'll do it across the on the link tree so it will be there available to go access and if you're uk that's four pounds a month that's about seven dollars fifty canadian about us six dollars give or take with the exchange rate thanks for listening and i'll catch you next week and i look forward to discussing more random topics cheers